All right. Good evening or good morning or good afternoon, everyone, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Global Math Department. My name is Lee Natero, and I'll be your host uh, at this moment. <laughs> uh, right now, we're going to be hearing from Juan Gomez on revisiting the traditional warm-up. Uh, would everyone please introduce themselves in the chat window, telling us what you teach, where you teach, and what your Twitter handle is, if you have one. Glad to see so many familiar names uh, with us this evening from East Coast, West Coast, and other portions of the world as well. Before uh, I begin our session and introduce our speaker, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the Global Math Department. The Global Math Department is an organization that is run entirely by volunteers. To keep the free high quality PD, we need webinar speakers, webinar hosts, and writers for our biweekly newsletter. Newsletter writers share about an area of math or math teaching that resonates with them or discusses recent math blogs that help teachers reflect on their practice. If you'd like to volunteer or know somebody who might be great in any of these areas, please have them email us at globalmathdepartment at gmail.com, or they can always reach out on Twitter. So let's get started with tonight's webinar with Juan Gomez. Juan is currently a teacher in his 23rd year in the classroom. Uh, during that time, he has been fortunate to teach a wide variety of courses, but is currently teaching Integrated Math 1, AP Statistics, and Advanced Mathematical Decision Making, which sounds like an interesting course. Um, in addition to his work in the classroom, Juan has been fortunate to participate in a variety of local and regional initiatives, including the California Department of Education's Literature List for Math and Science, reviewing test mm -hmm. items for the Smarter Balance Consortium, and he has presented at the California Math Council's North Conference, PCTM's Virtual Conference, and NCTM's Virtual Conference. Currently, Juan is a volunteer with Open Intro's Advanced High School Statistics Project, and he helps with translating math curriculum and is thinking about ways to help students think about statistics as a necessary tool to navigate modern society. And so now I'm gonna turn over the presentation uh, to Juan. Well, hello, thank you, Lee, for that wonderful introduction. Um, I have been fortunate and, and I still can't believe that I'm lucky enough to be here with you. And thank you, first and foremost, for sharing your time to, to share in this thinking about something that's dear to my heart that I think is a very important uh, part of teaching. How do we welcome students into the classroom? And at the same time, how do we set a, a high uh, academic achievement bar in terms of come in, this is a place for us to think. So how do you do both at the same time? So I'm gonna switch over and you'll see that on your screen, you'll see that I'll be using the activity builder. That way we can have uh, a little more interaction. We can find where people are from. So as I look there, I'm first of all, I love the introductions on the chat. I see people from everywhere. I believe I saw somebody from Philippines, uh, a lot of different, parts of the United States. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for, for making the time to join. Um, so we can see here, I love just saying, let's see who's here, what, where we are, and, and um, go from there. So I'm going to go ahead and move 
to this next uh, screen. If you're if you haven't logged on to the Activity Builder, you'll see that it's at the top of the sticky note. So if you could please uh, join that way, you can you can uh, share about you. So I do like to share, but I'm going to put a, a, a little uh, anonymity there, the anonymized feature. That way, everybody can share without, um, you know feeling like they might have to hold back. So you can share to to your heart's content here. So um, right now, it seems like we're, in terms of how do we feel about our current method of warmups, um, yeah, this is me. This is me on a day-to-day -day basis. There's some days where I think, you know, that thing that I did really hit the spot. My students came in, they saw it, they uh, were easily able to transition, which is, a, a difficult spot, an area for growth of how do I go from the bookkeeping that's a very necessary part of, of uh, teaching, taking attendance, making sure that you pack up the previous class and before you start the next one. Um, how do you do that while still welcoming the students and keeping them engaged? So it seems like we are, yeah, some kind of middle of the road. Uh, there seems to be one or two folks that just seem to be very happy with it. Hopefully, there'll be something here for everybody, whether you are in the middle where you're thinking, oh, my approach might be ho-hum. You can see areas where you can modify, maybe add to. But the goal, of course, is that everybody can take at least one thing that they can use tomorrow. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, your, your response is there. I'm gonna to go to the second or the third screen, the second one after the math. You get a little bit of work. So I know in the recent past, at least locally here in California where, where I am, um, we did teaching through Zoom. Not ideal, a lot of different reasons why that uh, was not my ideal method of teaching, but we had to do it. And there was a lot that we took away from that. One of those things was a starter screen. So is there anybody that's not quite familiar with what a starter screen is or can be? Or better yet, I'm gonna put somebody on the spot and ask you to just put your definition of a starter screen in the chat. Yeah, here in a second, you'll see that. I'm gonna ask you to sort which of these outcomes, which of these things that can be accomplished either through a, a starter screen or a warm-up. And so in the chat, we can see the starter screens don't always require math content. Absolutely, it's more, yeah, let's just welcome you into the room. Um, and I'm seeing, not quite sure, yeah, several people not quite sure where to start a screen, no worries, we'll talk about that as well. And we, I can also see checking in with students, forming a bond, absolutely. Yeah, that was so necessary during online school. You often didn't know what had happened. You couldn't read body language. You weren't quite sure. You don't you don't see the students. Um, and that part was sorely missed through online school. Yeah, so not starter screen. Yeah, so um, let me let me talk a little bit about what a starter screen can do as I give folks a second or two to see where we are with sorting. Uh, potential attributes. So let's see. So I love this. So this screen here, in case you're new to the Desmos Activity Builder, 
I absolutely love this screen. It'll take many of the common responses, group them together, and then show those here. So from the group, you can see that many of us know that a warm-up can be used to look for patterns. Um, it can invite students to join in classroom thinking, and it can also activate prior learning, where many of us, and you can see the anonymized names down here, many of us know that starter screens, and it, or maybe you're new to starter screens, uh, starter screen is a way to connect with students, see them as the human that they are. Uh, it can also be used to form community. Know that in any given moment, you might be going through something personally, but chances are there's someone else in the room um, where when you're in person, you can tell, you can kind of read body language, but virtually more difficult to do. And depending what grade level you teach, there are certain students that are really willing to just let you know how they feel. Sometimes a little too much so, but you know, we'll, we'll take whatever feedback to help students, right? Um, but it's easy for us to see what sort of human struggles they're going through. And, and that brings me to the last one where you check in on them as humans. So on screen number two, you saw a, a starter screen. Let's just find out about how you feel. Um, notice that it's, it's not a lot of math, if any, and it's just, let's just find out how we all collectively feel. So before we go in to talking about the way I have seen warmups, I'd like to take it just a second and, and see how, how the room thinks people in the room, how do you currently use warmups? So if you don't mind just taking a minute, um, how are you using warmups? So again, if you're new to the Desmos Activity Builder, I'm now on screen number four. Um, if you could join us there. Yeah, and just take a second. How do you either use them? And, and if you're, again, if you're new to the Desmos Activity Builder, you feel free to use the chat. It, it's just a way to, to talk about what our current practice is. So I'll give you a minute and I'll pop over and take a look at the chat. Yeah, some, some good responses there. Um, a starter screen can be a hook to bring their mind from wherever it might be. I love that. I'm going to steal that. This idea of their mind, their bodies are there, but their minds might be who knows where. They might still be in the last place where they, where, where they left, right? Um, yeah, let me take a look at the activity builder and look at the teacher side. Yeah, so one way is to recall or activate prior learning. Absolutely. We want them to remember that thing we did yesterday and build off of that. Math is so important. It's, it's foundational. We are building skills. We're building uh, on theory from the previous day. Uh, to review and activate prior knowledge. I'm seeing that there, that's awesome. Um, oh yeah, very, here we have very important to develop number sense. It's this idea of not just getting a number, but knowing what that number brings, right? Estimation tasks, mental math skills, absolutely. And um, write questions informative and review from the previous lesson. Yeah, keep that flow of ideas coming forward Absolutely. Previous content. It seems like a lot of people are using uh, warmups as a way to continue that train of thought. We talked about this yesterday and, and do that plus one thinking. So we did this much yesterday. Today, we're going to add just a little bit more. Love that. Love that. So I'm going to add in kind of where my 
my brain has been. So I'm going to move on to slide number five. And, you know, there was, there was a lot that was going on in my head. You get to, to a certain point in your career and you realize that there are certain things that might not be working. And, and I'm sure you guys are way ahead of me on this, but I just felt like the warmups stopped being something for the students. And they saw it as something that was entirely for me and that just rested with me. We're going to do it because he put it in front of us and he's going to collect it and there's going to be points. So I, I thought a lot about how, how do I get past that? How do I make it something that both students and myself can take away and say, you know, that wasn't, you know, that was pretty informative uh, to where the battle wouldn't be to get them to do it, but to stop doing it so we can actually take all those noticings and move on. So for me, my, my goals were, let's make it something easy. You don't want it to be something that takes, and, and this was my biggest problem with warmups. Even though it would be a one, two, or three problem task, it would take 10 minutes for them to complete it. And then we were often debriefing that. And there were many days where I would be 20 to 25 minutes into my lesson. Out of a 55, I teach high school, so we have 55 minute periods. So I had used about half of the time that I would see students just to bring in information from yesterday. There was always a student that needed my help in reviewing. Again, maybe that was just something that, that was unique to my situation, but it, it seemed to be a, an area where all of my time would just get sucked into the warmup and no student really benefited from that. So I said, let's just something easy a one screen, one piece of paper, something small, shouldn't take a lot, lot of time to set up. It should be something that no matter who was here, whether you were here yesterday, the day before, whatever, that anybody can easily get in. So I wanted to make sure I set a low entry bar. Now, something that you'll see, hopefully, as you look at some of the templates that I have, um, I wanted students to see multiple representations. I want them to see some of the math concepts uh, geometrically. I want them to see the algebra, um, be as visual as I possibly can. So I wanted to just stay away from one representation of the math. Um, and I also wanted students to have some time to think about, wait a minute, he's putting this in front of us. How does that tie to what I saw yesterday? And hopefully prime the, the pump, so to speak, to think about, well, I was wondering about that. How does this connect with this new thing? So it was those four things that I wanted to make sure that I address in, in my goal for making a, an easier for them um, to, to get involved in and an easier for me. Because let's face it, as, as teachers, you, your goal isn't to sit there and grade all day. And you want to make sure that you provide a good opportunity for students to show their thinking without having all of the paperwork that comes on the back end. So here's one that I use as a way to get permission from students. So now I'm moving on to uh, slide number six. And this is me asking on slide number six, are we, are we ready to move on? So if, you, if you're on slide number six, we can see where folks are. Are you, are you ready to move on? Um, then I'll take the green light. 
the green on the left, or if you want me to slow down or you're not quite sure, or you have a question, um, this would be a good spot for, for us to briefly put questions in the chat as they come up. Um, and then we could see that there's some people that are still in the middle, not quite sure, not a problem, but getting a couple of green lights. And we can see if we want to see the individually, you can see the yeses, okay. So I'm gonna take that as, I'm gonna check the chat really quickly. Yeah, so, um, and again, there'll be other opportunities. There'll be other opportunities for you to ask questions. At the end, I'll take as many questions and comments, or I'm also hoping that this is a two-way conversation that if you have something that you know works, and I think earlier on we saw that many people were very satisfied with their current warm-up. This would be a great forum for us to share really good practices that we know um, work with our students and maybe other people in other places can adapt. So what you'll see on the following screens, because I'm a very practical person, um, whenever I, I give of my time, I want to make sure that I walk away with something tangible, something I can use tomorrow in class. So what you'll see is not an overwhelming amount of templates. So you'll have a couple of templates. Um, you'll see that I, I show the template. Here's how I built it. And, and again, these were born out of the necessity of pandemic teaching. So you'll see that they've been created in the Desmos Activity Builder, which I don't know about you, but that was a lifesaver for me um, to be able to create something and still have that interactive uh, piece with, with students. So you'll see the template and then a couple of uses, uh, potential case uses for, for the warm-up idea where, remember the four goals were you want to make sure that it's a low entry bar, multiple representations, not something that you're going to spend a lot of time grading and that will prime that that mental pump so students can come in. So here's here's my first one. And again, as I go through, if there's a question that comes to mind, absolutely put it in the chat, put it in the chat. Um, and then as we get closer to the end, I'll make sure that with, with Lee's help um, that I address as many of those questions as we have time to do. So on your screen, on screen seven, you can see what I've called the component selector. And, and this is pretty basic. You can up here, instead of choice number one, you can type something in, give them several choices. If there's anything that I've learned is that students love, absolutely love having a choice. I mean, I, I don't know when it starts, but I have a, a, uh, a Nate and a, and a five-year-old. And anytime you provide them with choices, they love it. They feel like they have that, that agency of, Oh, okay. I'm an equal partner in this. I can I can choose things. So give them a couple of choices. And here, all it is in the Desmos Activity Builder is a graph. And all it does, it says, you chose option two or three or four. So on the following screens, you're going to see a couple of different ways that I used that simple component um, to get students thinking. So one of the ways, and now I'm on screen number eight, I want students to connect algebra to geometry but connect it and then be given the ability to immediately after they see things, after they play around with, with the algebra, see something happen with the geometry there, the graph of the linear function, and then immediately write down what they're thinking. And it shouldn't be something that they can deem as correct or incorrect. It's just, let's get that thinking out of your head. Let's put it in front of everybody else. 
And then maybe that can be the catalyst for someone else and, and move their thinking forward. So here you'll notice that on the left, and, and I, again, I invite you to play around with, with these, click all the things, by all means, try to break it, try to break it. And, and I, I thank you in advance if you do break it, because that means you just made it better. Um, so over here, you can see that there's an equation, several different kind of selected on purpose. I'm, I'm thinking, give them one that doesn't have a, a two variables. So it doesn't have a Y and an X. Get them thinking, wait, that one doesn't have a Y. Why does it do that? That one has a, a number in front of the X and something else. How do I, how do I get that vertical one? What if I put both variables on one side? What does that do? So hopefully as they click around and notice that they, they can go back. If they need to compare and contrast, they see that X is horizontal and Y is vertical. They can start thinking about the Ys. That's really what I want. I don't need a number. I want some Ys, some good Ys rattling around their brains. So that's one way. And again, you can see that they have the opportunity immediately to type something in. Um, I'll also say that I really like this component because as they put in their why, and, and I'm a big fan of allowing all students to share their thinking before we all discuss it. But there's also some supports in knowing that if you type something in, the Desmos Activity Builder allows you to see three selected responses, randomly selected responses from others in the room. So I love that because now the student that maybe wasn't quite sure about their answer might have not raised their hand to share that. They're more likely to share if they know there's at least a couple of other people in the room that were thinking something like what they were, right? So knowing that there might be allies, at least allies in aligned thinking, if you want to think of it that way, that's more, more likely than not to encourage those students to take that daring leap of putting their, their thinking out for the class. So that was one way. Um, I flat out stole this one from Jay Chow. If you know Jay, he's he's very uh, very knowledgeable in everything Desmos, and he loves to share his ideas. So I flat out just stole this from Jay. Um, if you're interested, or if you're new and you don't know Jay, he puts out a a monthlyish uh, newsletter. You can certainly click there in the Activity Builder, and you can be taken to uh, a newsletter that had this specific thing. So here again, remember the goal is to have a low entry bar. A student is looking at this scatter plot. They're seeing the words tasty, difficult, easy. What could this be in reference to? And so hopefully they're wondering, they're wondering a lot. I know I would be. And then they see a two-way table. Now they're given a little bit more context. Bananas, tasty, not tasty. And then a bar graph. And I have to admit, the first time I saw this, it took me a few times going back and forth before I realized, wait a minute, these are all talking, I think, about the same thing. So now I see that maybe there's a favorite there. Maybe if I were given the option, this one had me very confused, but now I know that it's the same or a very similar idea to here. So now you can talk about a variety of ways to represent data. If you're teaching statistics, I think I saw someone um, in their introductions in the chat say that they had taught statistics. I do as well. One of my favorite classes is AP statistics. So now you can 
open that door to, well, what is it that we try to do with data visualization, right? So now they, they again, notice that there's options. So um, again, all those came from, here's one choice, and now I show you the results of that choice. So those, all three, believe it or not, were the same template. Student clicks on something, they're shown something there to think about. And, and again, you'll notice that if you can click, you're engaged, you're in, in the game. And they're allowed to say, well, what if, what if I saw something here? Well, they can edit, they can add their thinking. And of course, there's a question for them to synthesize what they were talking about or what they were thinking about and see responses from, from their peers, from their classmates. So the next one that I have here, the next template is, is more of a, of a tool. So if you teach math, um, you'll know that one of those things that, that we prize as mathematicians, I'm going to just generalize and throw myself in the middle. One of those things that we love, that we value highly is taking thinking out of here and let's put it down on paper, right? And maybe I'm alone here, but I constantly battle with my students to, to complete thoughts and not leave anything in their brain because it's virtually impossible for me to grade and refine thinking that stays in their brain, right? So we want them to have all the tools that help support that thinking. So here again, with a click, you can see that they have a grid, they have um, a, a graph, they have a blank whiteboard. So that can be something that, regardless of whether your, your students are in person somewhere else, or maybe they're at home working, this can be a good support where they can uh, graph some lines, they can type in something uh, mathematical, they can do an x squared, right? And so it's a, it's a full suite of, of tools that allow your students to show their thinking. All right, so I'm gonna move on to something that was a sticking point for me. And, and in, here in California, we have what used to be called Algebra 1, Geometry Algebra 2. Now it's the integrated math, which from, from what I gather in talking to people from other countries is the way that many countries do it. It's just first year of high school math, second year, third year. I would have students that could not, just could not wrap their brains around what do the parameters of, of a linear function do? How, how do they control the graph? Or maybe they were, they were really good at, at graphing but as soon as you do some sort of translation of that function, they were lost. So one of those, one of those things that I try to battle with them is, let's take a look at, at something linear, right? So here, if you're, if you're uh, working through this, join me on, on slide number 12. And, and the request is if you would type that in, type it exactly the way it is. So y is equal to x, and then I would take a beat there, Take a look at what you graphed, y is equal to x, and then add plus a. I don't want to spoil the surprise for those of you that, that aren't quite there. And then you could see, uh, spoiler alert, y is equal to x plus. So again, I would have students do that. They realize, oh, y is equal to x, that's, that's a line. And then as soon as you do plus a, you get a variety of lines. So now, hopefully, in adding in that a, they're thinking that A must do something. What does it do? So now you're, you're getting them to think, I'm not okay with that, but, but let me try to understand it. 
so what I've done here is is baked into the Desmos activity is a simple list of six values, right? So I have zero, one, two, three, and then negative one, two, and three. You could easily change it. And, and again, at the end of this presentation, you'll see that, that I show you or I'll share the link. Um, or if you're on Twitter, you can find it and request me. I'll direct message you the link to all of these um, and I'm always game for conversation. If, if you if something that I share that we talk about here just gets you thinking and, and you want to partner up and, and talk about it, I'm always willing to do that. Um, so that's one way to function families. And then as I thought about it and at my school, um, one of the things I like is that they encourage us to move from level to level. So. I know there's a lot to be said for teaching the same class for 23 years. Um, but at the same time, if you can teach for me, integrated math one, followed by two, followed by three, you get a, in my opinion, you get a, a better view of how the function families develop, how the geometry of math gets developed. Right. So I, I was teaching integrated math one, moved up to integrated math two um, and integrated math three. And students were having the same difficulties. They would finally understand function families, linear functions. And again, I think we all can see what's going to happen here. Now we have quadratics. So if you type in y is equal to, actually, I'm going to go look to see if, if folks are, yeah, some folks are discovering it. I see that. And so hopefully students see that, wait a minute, this is, many of us are getting the same thing. Right. So how does that happen? And you'll see that there um, you're you're asking students, what do you notice? And then they can type stuff in and you can see a summary. So let me go on to the next one. And again, in my, in my trajectory of, of teaching these classes, I would finally get them to understand linear function families, move on to quadratics. You can see horizontal shifts, vertical shifts. And we would get to trigonometry and so sine and cosine waves. Well, if it works with those function families, you can see that it'll work here. All right, y is equal to, let's try that, sine of x, then plus a. I have to admit, as I was doing this, I thought there's gonna be a student and, and again, maybe it's just me and my students, but there's always one student that has that question in the back of their head almost constantly. Like, what if? That's the question that they have. What if I? And so I want to take that student's question and put it to you. We by now have already figured out that this A that's pre-built here has a list of six numbers. So what if you put that A other places, right? And Again, it might be just a me thing, but it could be that a student says, what if I do A times X? What does that do? Or what if I do, oh, put, a, put an A somewhere else, leave that X there. And then what if I put that A, again, this is, this is a dream. This is the dream that a student say, what if I can take that A? They realize by now, they've seen me three years in a row, right? Um, they would see this in California, they would see this in third year high school math. Let's take that list and see how many different places can I put it? 
Um, and then, of course, there's going to be another student that says, well, let me put it there in front. And that seems to do something that looks like a, a candy wrapper to me. Um, and then what if I put it in two places? What does that do? Right. And if it works there now, now you've primed the pump. Right. So now you give them a tool to play in the same way that you and I enjoy all of the creativity, all the artistic, uh, not abilities, but the, the, the just art that is part of math. They're starting to discover, wait, I can play with this. And so by the time that you get to teaching, maybe it's phase shift, depending on what it is specifically. Thing. I did notice that when I put the list of six numbers, that A thing, it did this. And now you've invited them into your classroom thinking. You've allowed them to be creative and artistic and just play, just play with math. Kind of tr not trick them, but invite them to see that math can be a creative and, and fun, fun and endeavor. So as I move forward, you see that phase shift on slide number 15. You see the phase shift again, knowing that some students are going to take that A and then just try it in different places. Because I don't know about you, but the what if is a great question. What if I do this? Yes, go try it. Go go try to break it. So um, he, that was those three are just quick applications of what I can do to get students to start looking for patterns, start looking for um, non-routine uses of, again, it was six numbers. It was from negative three, the integers to three. So non-routine uses of those integers, if, if cleverly placed, will immediately do this and you get them thinking about it. So I know I'm gonna address this question now and later. So as you see my sharing of these templates with you, if, you're inspired and saying, oh, I could use this. Don't hold that to yourself. I think all thinking is good thinking. Put it in the chat. So put it in the chat and hopefully like you do in your classrooms where you invite all thinking to the middle that we can do that here. I could use this and then just put it out there. Even if it is a, like an unfinished thought, by all means, bring it and share it. Now, the other part that I'd like to address as well is well, you might not be well-versed in the Desmos Activity Builder. So I want you to have in the back of your head as I go through these templates, how could I use something like this but make it purely paper? How could I take this idea of here's these different choices, how could I do that with paper? How can I do multiple representations with paper? So I'll, I'll talk more about how I've adapted um, because I think, again, my opinion, as we move away from pandemic teaching from Zoom, non-in-person teaching, um, there's a need to break students away from the computer for a little bit and then just get back to the let's put thoughts here on paper in front of us now. So the next template, one of my favorites, one of my favorites because it readily adapts to every student, right? So here, before I talk about it, I'm gonna just take a pause, invite you to look at that, that, blue, that blue button that says, press me, um, and do just that on screen 16. So take a second, just press it. 
And then what do you notice? So take a second, share your, what are you noticing? And again, the, the invitation is there for you to break it. Press it as much or as little as you feel like you need. And then what do you notice about the parabolas? And I'm gonna go behind the scenes and see what, what people are sharing. So you can see, in case you were wondering, because oftentimes students will do this when they're on the screen, they'll look at what's on their screen and immediately turn around and wonder, is everybody having the same experience? So I'll, I'll let you see what other folks are seeing. This is what's going on on other screens throughout the world, which is, which is amazing that we get to be here thinking alongside um, some of our friends and peers from throughout the world. Yeah, so really good noticings. So the negative coefficient, it gives them the graph, it gives them the equation, and it really makes it very easy for students to say, that equation, that algebra is doing something to this geometry, to this graph. How are they connected? And, and maybe they're picking up the, the coefficient. Yeah, the leading coefficient is doing that. Um, somebody else is noticing the coefficient of the x squared term. Absolutely. Um, somebody else is saying it gets skinnier. Sometimes it's wider. Oh, and by the way, I also got a line. Was that supposed to happen? Yeah. So when do you get a line? What coefficient creates a line? It gets them thinking, did I break it? Is that supposed to happen? Is that something new? Is that something different? But now you've you've invited that student to, again, the agency, the, the student choice is, how many times do they have to press it to feel like they understand what's going on? For one student, it might be five. They see five different parabolas. And I'm gonna go back to student view so we can see that maybe it just, they see, oh, okay, that one just moved it down one. That one, it's okay. I've, I've seen that one before. Okay, that one has a negative. And so they might be down there. They see five or six, and for them, that's it. And now they're ready for what you're going to add on. Maybe that's, this is the, the warm-up that you provide on the day that you want to open up the door to maybe not in general form, but you want to talk about vertex form, or you want to talk about a different form of a, of a parabola. Who knows? But now you've primed them to think, They've recalled information. They know that that coefficient, that leading coefficient changes the concavity, concave up or concave down. Um, but they've, they're ready. They're ready to join the thinking. And if they weren't, hopefully they're taking that bold leap, writing something here. And again, in the Desmond's Activity Builder, they can um, see three friends or more, depending on where you choose to, to place it, but randomly selected folks, their opinions, and now they can say, okay, other people in this room are also seeing the same thing that I am. Perhaps today's the day that I boldly share um, what, I'm, what I'm thinking, right? So, and again, part of my trajectory, my personal tra teaching trajectory was start with linear functions, quadratics, this is going backwards, you can see, you can press this for a new function. If you're wondering, you'll notice that here, there's just the, the slope and the y-intercept. I selected numbers, and I forget exactly what numbers it were, but I wanted them to be very straightforward functions. So I restricted it to a, a handful of integers. Um, 
for both the slope and the y-intercept. So you could keep pressing and it's just randomly selecting from a list of, I wanna say from might be negative nine to positive nine, just integers there for the slope. And I might've even eliminated zero for X because I didn't want them to see that um, I was gonna call something that, that was a vertical a function. I'm not sure. I didn't wanna open up that door, but even if I had, that might be a conversation uh, starter for a student saying, Mr. Gomez, I saw that you had this function and didn't quite meet the vertical line test. What's going on? Well, perfect. A student is now saying something that I want said in the room and it doesn't always have to come from me. So this is where I pause and I put on my teacher hat because again, I told you it was very pragmatic. I'm a realist. So at times there's students that come in and they just, it doesn't matter how engaging you are and I'm sure you're very engaging, um, clearly are looking to refine your craft because here you are um, joining our thinking. Um, but despite all of that, and now I'm on slide eight, 18, before I tell you, just go ahead and, and if you don't mind, if you wouldn't mind indulging me, just press that button because you'll want to know. You wanna make sure that a lot of students will join your thinking. They'll, they'll join you in, in looking for those patterns. They'll, they'll look for what's happening. But at the same time, you wanna make sure that you give a gentle nudge um, to those students that perhaps are having a bad day. They, they, it's just a struggle to get in and it doesn't matter how engaging it can be or how much thought you've put into your screen. Um, they're, they're not just, they're just not. So here you'll notice, hopefully you've discovered that if you press this, so if you're looking for every student to see a bare minimum of five, six, seven, um, where they they need to see enough, no matter how they feel, they need to see enough, maybe it's five, maybe it's six, maybe it's 10, um, so that they have at least the opportunity to look for patterns. So what I did here to make it easier for teachers that are wanting to monitor a variety of them. So if you press it, you'll notice that at the 10th press, it changes to, to a new color. So you could, as a teacher, um, notice who's pressed, who's pressed how much. So if you were in here looking through, you could see, okay, how many has this student? Okay, see, they pressed plenty because it went from um, being a default blue they've gone and pressed past the red stage to where now any anytime a student has seen more than 20 um, different functions, it'll go to that color. And you can very quickly just do a quick scan, go through. This student has also pressed it at least 20. And, and of course, there's always gonna be um, a student that is not quite there yet, which is totally fine. Um, but now you can see where they are with just a, a quick glimpse. So. Maybe a way to connect the welcome. Let's get your your, your mental uh, prime pump primed, um, but at the same time encourage those that might not be. All right. So, one more template. Where here the template is just a point capture, and and again, if you're new um, to the Desmos Activity Builder, this is something where it does just that. So here we have. You're asking students to graph this, which they could do on paper, of course, 
Um, but you want them to plot the first five terms. So think of this as a stamp. And perhaps, again, here's the, perhaps you want to start with a winer sub. So you want it to go to, let's see if I get this right. All right. So I'm going to press a dot there. And I'm going to press this to get a point. And I'm going to move it to the next one. The slope was up four over one. So I've stamped a point there. I'm going to press it where I want it and then press that button and again go up four. So one, two, three, four and over one. So let me move it there and then press a point. Right. So you could you could do more. Maybe go down one, two, three, four. Is that four, two, three, four over one and then press a point. And then now notice that they ran out of space. So now you're forcing them to find something that kind of lines up so press a point but again you don't you don't want them to just do this without any sort of feedback so what you can do is set it up to where they reveal and you'll notice that on the activity builder it'll take the points that they've created here and it transfers them over so now students can see oh yeah i get it they have feedback they don't feel if they had a question and they were going to ask at the beginning of class. Now this reassures them um, that, OK, I'm on pace. I get it. And, and all it took was this a couple minute thing. If you want to grade it, great. You can, um, but you don't necessarily have to. And you can do that there or you can also and I'm going to move on to, to screen number uh, 20, where with my third year in high school students, there's, again, this could just be something locally, but this symbol, summation notation, is just so intimidating them, to them. They're, they wonder a lot about what this does. So one way that I approached it in my class is, well, here's this thing, right? So you have summation notation. There's this thing. Who knows? I'm not quite sure. You don't have to know everything. So perhaps you were gone that day. Um, Put some dots, press to plot a point. I think it goes here. I'm not really quite sure. I'm just going to blindly guess. And I know it's okay to do that because I can press here and it'll show me where I place my dots and where the dots existed, right? So now they get a little bit of feedback. And if they lined up, great. Those students are ready for you to take their previous knowledge and move them forward. But if they get it wrong, unlike putting a big red X, this allows them to stop and think, was I completely off? Or did I do something that maybe was right that I can then adapt? So hopefully now this is pushing students to take their previous understanding. What led them to put these dots in these places? And how do I change this so that I can shift it over to the right. So now you've got them thinking about all that. So um, a couple of different ways, like I said, not an overwhelming number of templates, um, but hopefully you can see that these different templates, all of these different types of warmups um, met the goals of just one screen, something simple. You could easily just change instead of Y is equal to X plus A, you could change to a different function family. Um, the, the bar for most of these was, can you click and can you digest, synthesize what you had and transfer it over and share with folks? Multiple representations as much as possible. They absolutely need that connection between 
the algebra, the geometry, the visualization, and realize that math is rich with connections. And so again, the, the last bit there is just student opportunity to synthesize. Um, a couple of fun things, if, if, you're, if you're reaching that this point in the school year, and for us here in California, we'll be done in about three weeks. We'll be done and students will go for what's our summer. Um, so it's a little bit of a struggle to, to be engaging um, because again, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, they're so ready for, for summer break that a couple of things you could add is context that's relevant to your students. A couple of years ago, there was a social media phenomena of students trying to throw their, throwing their vans and trying to get their vans, shoes, skating type of shoes and getting them to land on the, on the sole of it. So something like that. And so you can see anything that's pop culture. A while ago, there was bottle flipping and trying to get it to land on its base. Or you can even make it more local to your students. What are your students interested in? It could be a local sports team. It could be something that's happening in your school. Adapt. Adapt to your students and they'll, they'll feel a welcomed to your class. So it'll meet some of those goals that we have for starter screens. And it'll also get them wondering and thinking and looking for patterns, which, which again is something that from my years of experience is something that I can't get enough of. So um, like I said, that's the, the extent of the templates that I have, but I, again, I invite you, and I'm gonna go back to, to the chat. So if you have any, any ideas, if you have adaptations that you've thought about, how can you take some of these activities that are on the Desmos platform, but perhaps, and I'll, I'll start off by saying a thought that occurred to me would be the multiple representations. Instead of a button click, you make a stack of cards. So you photocopy these cards and you don't have to do them every year. You just ask students to take the deck of cards. What are you noticing? On every single one, you have uh, the equation, you have it graphed, and they just flip through the cards. Right. And then at the end of the, the day, you pack them up for the next period. And so they're thinking and you ask them to share out or maybe the warm up, the what you collect. If you're asked to collect warm ups as part of your local school grading process, um, you just ask them to write instead of typing it in the Desmond's activity. They just write. What did you notice? Right. So. Um, let me take a look, and and Lee, if you don't if you don't mind, was there any anything that you saw there? Um, I didn't really see um, a whole lot in the chat, um, other than you know people commenting on different things that they liked, and uh, the fact that you know <laughs> students wanting to know just if there's a right answer and not think critically, um, right. it can be a challenge. Um, uh, there was um, a wrong link to the newsletter on that one slide. I forget which slide it was um, because it came from MailChimp. I think you had copied it from there. So I've, I found the correct uh, link for the newsletter. And I also put a link to the archive of all the Desmos computation newsletters um, in the chat for people so they can go back and try some of those uh, for themselves. Um, do you think you could um, possibly share the um, activity with people um, so that they could like make copies of the, the slides? Absolutely. Yeah, I can so, do that here. I'll just yeah. a couple of clicks away. Yep. Yep. Just uh, yeah. Get the, the link for the, the teacher version of it and then they can, uh, you know, 
copy and paste and you know modify what whatever it is that they want uh, for themselves because there definitely was um, some some neat uh, things that I could see modifying uh, for use with my students for sure. Yeah, so um, I've shared that and um, did it come through on the chat there? Hopefully yep. you guys. Can... Yep, it did. Yep. Yeah, take that. See that. Um, I'm not the world's best coder, never been accused of that, but hopefully you can see that by adapting one or two different things, you can have it again, if you're opting to use Desmos um, for your warmups, I strongly recommend it. Um, it's, a, it's a low entry bar for many of these. You can just control C, click on, uh, for example, I'm gonna, I'm gonna demo this here. So if you wanted to just copy screen number 14, um, you could just control copy it and then drop it into Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Lee, it's just control C, control V, and it appears in your uh, activity builder um, activity. Do yeah, have... um, the, what, the where I usually go is I go to the preview, um, mm -hmm. the student preview to get that uh, because I, yeah, well, this says preview. You might have to click on the uh, four arrows that are kind of spreading out there by the word function families. Um, yeah, I don't know why. There normally there's a copy from there. You know what? It's because you're in the activity itself and not like uh, in the oh. editing of the activity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if you go back to the main uh, teacher dashboard, so if you uh, click on uh, beside the code there, but then again, it's going to probably open up another window. Yeah, we had we had some issues with getting the screen sharing to work for whatever reason. Um, yeah. Oh, re uh, repaste the link for the newsletter. Yes, I can repaste that in here. Um, yeah, for some reason, uh, all of a sudden, I guess Chrome did some stuff. And so it did not allow the screen sharing quite as easily as we would have liked tonight. Um, but there are ways to um, copy activity uh, screens specifically and paste them into other activities. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, Desmos activities in general um, and how to, to use them for yourself, um, I would recommend going to learn.desmos.com. Um, I just put that in the chat. Um, and then uh, the newsletter that, um, the computation layer newsletter, I'll put that link in the chat as well. Uh, except it looks like I've pasted it twice now by accident. So let me just do it once. Sure. And if any of you decide that you're you're building your own and you need a, to, to reach out, I'm gonna put my Twitter handle which is the best way to um, get a hold of me. So just find me on Twitter, send me a, a direct message, and and I can reshare anything that's here. Um, any you know maybe be a thought partner um, as you're building or trying to adapt any of these. But thank you. I know time is precious, and I do appreciate you uh, joining our thinking here and hopefully finding something you can use with with your students tomorrow. That's yeah. always. Yep. And um, if you're interested in learning more about using computation layer, I'm actually doing a Desmos webinar. Uh, it's one that's sponsored by Desmos um, on Thursday, June 23rd at 8 p.m. Uh, New York City time. So 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, if you're interested in, in learning a little bit more about how those things work. So. And uh, yeah, uh, so we're going to wrap it up here. Let me uh, first of all say thank you uh, for, for uh, sharing tonight, Juan. And um, I hope that people will be able to uh, attend in two weeks. Our next presentation is on May 31st. 
And the title of the presentation is On a Thinking Classroom. Uh, sounds like it's a good follow-up to uh, this particular session tonight. Uh, Reflections After Eight Years of Implementation with Alexander Overwish. So he will be presenting in uh, two weeks. So I hope to see many of you for that session. And I thank all of you for being here tonight. Have a lovely afternoon, evening, or morning, wherever you are.